So what's your weather story from today? Well, because you know it's been raining so much in Hong Kong, like really weirdly on and off raining, like it's completely fine, and then suddenly, like it's blasting down rain, and then it's completely fine again. I was wondering that there is an app, in fact, the Hong Kong Observatory app is supposed to tell you when it's about to rain where you are, like highly local weather. Really? There's a setting in your app. I actually don't have it turned on because I think it doesn't work and it drains your battery, but it just uses your geolocation all the time. And then when they think it's going to rain where you are, like exactly where you are in the next 10 minutes, it just says it's going to rain in 10 minutes right where you are. Get an umbrella. But I don't think it really works. So anyway, this got us onto the conversation of highly local weather forecasts. And I said, ah, I see you've watched Back to the Future 2 as well. And they were like, what? And I was like, Back to the Future 2. And they're like, what's that? (laughs) And I was like, what? What are you, a child? And they were like, I'm 24. And I was like, what? I might be exaggerating or changing numbers randomly for dramatic effect. But that was the gist of the conversation. Actually, I think they knew of the film, but they hadn't seen it. Because there's that scene in Back to the Future 2 where they go to the year 2015. Can you believe it? We're in the future now. And Doc Brown takes out his watch because he knows it's going to stop raining in 10 seconds. And he says, you know, weather forecasting is much more accurate in the future. But it's not. It's still garbage, especially in Hong Kong. It's very hard to forecast weather out here, though. Yeah, 2017 seems it's actually quite a futuristic date. Where's my flying car? No one gives a shit about flying cars. You're in the wrong was it reality. I'm in the wrong reality. C-137. No? No. This is not C-137. D-99? No. Cronenberg World? I don't know what, what is going on here. I don't know. I don't know what answer you're looking for. We're in the one where everyone has smartphones and tweets incessantly. Except us, because we're dinosaur. <laughs> Crap, they're onto us. Anyway, that was my story. The coffee's really worked for you. The coffee's really worked for me. Yeah, I was like a dead man walking and then I drank a cup of coffee and I've suddenly become this animated, you know, full of beans, full of coffee beans. You're gulping down a cup now to try and catch up. I don't have that neurofin. Yeah, the the neurofin cold and flu as well. It's a wonder drug. I'm having to smuggle it into Hong Kong because they don't sell it here. Well, they do sell it here, but I think it's prescription only. Or you have to go to the pharmacy... And, you know, slip them a 50. 50's okay. 50's okay. Yeah, you're right. What's a 50? It's five pounds. I've never been, but I've heard there's this pharmacy called Fanda, and they will literally just sell you anything. Like, you can just go there and say, oh, I want this prescription drug. And they'll be like, okay. Okay. I did think about going there and trying to buy the drug that means you don't have to sleep. I think most of my problems, and <laughs> this is like, this is like, maybe this is projecting. Most of my problems are due to my lack of sleep. So the solution to these is to take medication so I don't have to sleep anymore, right? I feel, I feel you've, you're onto something. You're onto something. I mean, I do know that most people would think the solution is probably to get more sleep. But then I just lose all these hours. I need them. I need them for more chicken dinners on PUBG. You believe that having more hours will give you more chicken dinners rather than being more <laughs> well-rested? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would use the more hours for. It's actually not many more hours because I keep just not sleeping. That's the problem. Do you know what dabbing is? Is that dance move? Yes, it is. But you can use it to punctuate a statement, apparently. I don't know. I've never been dabbed at. 
you just dab at others. Fine. I, in my, just this week, I've been obsessed because I believe that there are people who, in bars and pubs just dabbing at each other. And you just don't know. I just don't know because I'm getting old. You're not down with the kids anymore. I'm not down with the kids. That's why I, L- I Let's be honest to... here. When's the last time you were in a bar or a pub now that you're sensibly married? I was with you. Yeah, you were, actually. That's true. <laughs> I remember now. I had such a weird evening. I tried to call in sick. I tried to go home early and I just got caught up by work anyway. I got caught up by work and there was a problem with metals and they were like, oh yeah, gold. And it's like, it wasn't gold, it was silver. And it's like, oh, but the symbol's XAG. It's like, AG is Argentum. Gold is Aurum, AU. And I was just like, oh wait, what have I become? I'm like a complete douchebag. Who says this? Me, evidently. I wish I was on that call. <laughs> no, you really don't. <laughs> Especially since I didn't fix it. <laughs> I'll fix it on Monday, sorry. Hopefully you fixed it before then. Oh, jeez. I just didn't know. I didn't know what was wrong. I hadn't drunk the coffee at that point, though. After that call, I was like, well, I guess I'm not sleeping. Hung up the call, drank a cup of coffee, and immediately felt amazing. I bet I could fix it now. I'm not stopping you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are recording a podcast. Okay. So welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today, Sir Michael. Hello. Post coffee and neurofin, cold and flu. Mwahaha. <laughs> All your base are belong to us. And myself. Tingathy. What's your superpower, Tingathy? Companionship. Companionship. <laughs> that sounds so weird. Do you read The Guardian? Yes, I read The Guardian. The... Why? Do I look like a daily Nazi reader? No, I'm kidding. Their most popular article yesterday was, you know, the rise of the sex bot. And everything <laughs> that's going to be wrong with society because of it. Okay, you know what? Although I said I read The Guardian, I don't really read The Guardian. <laughs> What's this? I didn't read it because I was at work. Okay, that sounds like a ripe pre-chat topic, but never mind. Let, let's just let it go. Let's just let, let it go. go. We'll, we'll read it later. Where were you going with this? I don't know. Yeah, because that doesn't make your comment about your superpower being companionship any less weird. <laughs> if anything, it makes it considerably more weird. Just saying... Perhaps we should move on to safer territory, like gunning down cowboys. So this is the final episode of our Red Dead Redemption playthrough. Spoilers? Yes, there will be spoilers for Red Dead Redemption. Duh. If you haven't figured that out by now, this is part five. Some might say that we've been playing this way too long. (laughs) Sorry. No, but this one really, really has spoilers. So this episode has the spoiler that you and I both knew about before we even started playing this game. But yes, this has super ultra mega double spoilers for Red Dead Redemption. So if you don't want to be spoiled for what the whole game is really about, then you should play the game before you listen to this episode. You should play the game to the point where you can see the credits roll. Because if you haven't seen the credits roll, you haven't really finished the game. So where do we pick up? I think we pick up where we left off last time which is we just killed Dutch and we're riding home to our family and I said last time that the music didn't have any lyrics but it turns out that's because I hit a bug so after you kill Dutch when you regain control of the character you're already sat on your horse and you're supposed to just ride back to the farm but I saw some flowers and I was like ooh flowers and I got off my horse to pick them and then whistled to my horse and apparently that triggers a bug where it doesn't play the music so I missed out on the music. Whoops. You, I'm guessing, didn't trigger that bug, but just probably had the sound turned down because you don't care about music? I know I switched off to PS3. I was like, I'm done. 
I'm gonna have a break. Wow, so neither of us experienced this music. Nope. Okay, too bad. Well, whatever. Maybe it was really poignant for the rest of you. <laughs> you finally are reunited with your wife and son and uncle, who, like Javier Escuela, it feels like we're supposed to know really well, but we personally don't. But there obviously is some history there with Marston. And then this final set of missions where we are helping out on the farm, or we're trying to build the farm back up with Abigail, our wife, Jack, our son, and uncle, who's obviously some, I don't know, he's been around forever, it sounds like. And he, he must be a family friend. He must date back to the times with the gang. Must he? I don't know. I don't know at all. Who knows? So, I don't know how we want to do this. I mean, we can go through... We probably are going to end up going through some of the missions, but I don't think we need to necessarily go through every mission, because, well, they're quite short, number one. Each individual mission. They're not difficult. They're not very combat-heavy. They're not very drawn out. They're more just long conversation pieces, or trying to... Well, they're trying to introduce us, and they're trying to illustrate the backstory of these characters and Marston, I guess, and their relationships together. Since, you know, we... We've never met Marston's wife before. We know things about her. But then seeing how the two of them respond to each other and so on, and the same with his son. So you focus on the characters. I really focus on the change of pace and the trying to distance himself from his past. You know, trying to create a buffer from that. Yeah, well, that's that's what this last bit is finally about. Yeah. This is like returning to normalcy because he tried to leave that life behind and he got pulled back into it. And now again... He's trying to leave that life behind. But his family kind of know that it's never going to be over. But as a player, you feel it though, right? Yeah, that's a very interesting point because you've killed Dutch Vandalin. So what is this about? You know, when you get back to Ranch and the game doesn't end, when the credits don't roll, what's the point? What's this section about? Is it going to become Farming Simulator 1911? Am I just going to build up a ranch and now I just have to like financially support a ranch I guess it's not impossible that they could have just done that with the game but no that's not what happens yeah unfortunately I was waiting for something which changed the narrative somewhat well, or so was I so now that we've said spoiler spoiler spoilers the thing that we knew happened is that John Marston is killed in a hail of gunfire he steps out of a barn and all around him are a bunch of people with guns and you get one last chance to dead-eye as many of them as you can, and then they just annihilate you in a wall of bullets. Are we going to come back to that? Or We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back, back to, that. to that. Because I think the most interesting thing is that you knew literally that scene happened, but you didn't know any of the context. Yes. Evidently. Whereas I did. Oh, you did? I knew the reason for it as well. But anyway, we'll get to that. So... Well, I, I don't know what to say then. I mean, without going into too many missions individually, it kind of was Farming Simulator 1911 for a little while. You do have to go back to the McFarlane's ranch. You had to pick up some cattle from them and herd them back. You have to break some more horses so that you can sell them for money. Defend the grain silo from crows trying to steal your crop. But for the first maybe one or two, were you on edge? Were you, were you ready for a gunfight? Regardless of what the context was? Post. Yeah, it's true. I I don't know. I guess I was ready for a gunfight just because 
so much of the game was gunfights. I kind of was expecting any moment, oh look, here come some outlaws trying to rustle your cattle. Actually, did that happen? I think that might have happened as well. <laughs> Maybe that did happen. Oh, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like my instincts were right. But that wasn't really what it was about. It was mostly you doing these farming chores with Jack, with Abigail, with Uncle, and getting a load of backstory. You saying to Abigail, oh, it's over, it's really over. And she's saying, is it really over? And, you know, you're saying, they're dead, they're all dead. How much more over can it get? Or Jack saying, you're just going to leave us again. I'm just waiting till the next time you leave us. He's expecting you to abandon him. And Uncle, I don't know, Uncle's just... Just uncle. Uncle's just uncle. Depending on your point of view, he's either lazy or he's just trying to do an honest day's work and you're a slave driver. There is one mission where you have to return to the McFarlands. There's a couple you have to return to McFarlands. But there's one where your wife insists on coming with you. Yeah, that's the most interesting one. So, well, I thought it was really funny because in the previous one where you have to defend the grain silo from crows, she refers to you as like, what, an illiterate gunslinger? She's like, you illiterate gunslinger. And then I was thinking, wait, are you meant to be illiterate? Because I've been reading the newspaper. And then I was thinking, well, I guess I've been reading the newspaper. Maybe John's just been looking at the pictures. But still, I was thinking, oh, character-wise, is he meant to be illiterate? But then in the very next mission, someone delivers a telegram to you and it's from the McFarlane's asking for help. And Abigail is like, what does it say? Read it to me. You know I can't read. I'm like, wait a minute, you're illiterate. What are you doing calling me illiterate? And then you read it. So it's like, well, obviously, I'm not illiterate. <laughs> so the McFarlane's are asking for help because their crop has been destroyed by fungus? Moss? Maggots? I don't know. I don't remember. But you have to then bag up some grain and deliver it to the McFarlane's. And abigail your wife suddenly says i changed my mind i'm going to come with you and you're like oh okay i was just waiting for you to ask and like, i was expecting you to ask me so maybe you know you done fucked up there <laughs> but anyway you ride to the mcfarland's ranch you deliver them the grain bonnie's there bonnie's there bonnie and abigail have a chat and then you ride away and bonnie is wistfully looking at the wagon as it drives off into the sunset yes so, you know, maybe Bonnie was hoping for something after all. Good. Good? Good. Poor Bonnie. But you are a married man. Yes. What else is there to say about Abigail, specifically? I mean, she was, what, a working girl, in inverted commas. And there were many comments to that effect from Dutch and Escuela. And even Bill Williamson, in fact, I think. Okay. I think what they all say, they say something like, oh yeah, we all we all had her, but only you married her. Yes, I remember that. But still, you know, she seems happy with the life they're trying to make. They're trying to give their son a better upbringing or a better life than they had. But it's interesting that Jack reads books and fantasizes about being a bank robber or being an outlaw. He says, oh, just imagine you and me, dad, robbing banks. We could be... You know, famous gunslingers together. He kind of wants the life that Marston had. And you have a whole bunch of, well, father-son bonding missions over killing animals. Most of Jack's missions are go somewhere, shoot this animal, skin it, bring it back. You've got to hunt some elk, you've got to hunt wolves. So many wolves. Hey for you. I don't know if that mission glitched out for me, but 
literally like 30 wolves. It was crazy. Hey, not that many for me. You're following your you're following your loyal dog Rufus. I thought it was quite cute. It's like this dog you're just riding off this dog the whole time. But there were a bunch of red blips on the horizon for the wolves, so I shot them, and then some more appeared like way off in the distance. So I had to ride after those two, and then the original one seemed to come back, and then it said, "Oh, you failed the mission. You didn't kill all the wolves." It's like, well, you gave me two sets of wolves to kill that were like a kilometer apart, and then when I reloaded it, I appeared where the second set was. But there were just so many wolves. Just so many wolves. I was just like dead-eyeing them all. And I ran out of dead-eye and I had to just... I Isn't, don't know. You, you meant to let him kill some, I think. Really? I'm sure. <laughs> and that's why you're there. That's why you're there for bonding. For bonding over canine murder. I guess so. I, I, I know this is one of my weaknesses. I have trouble delegating. I have trouble delegating. I was like, you know what? I don't trust you to do this right. I'm going to shoot these. He seemed happy enough. Actually, you know what he didn't seem happy about? He kept saying, come on, Pa, where are we going to go? Because I just decided to skin like 30 wolves afterwards. Waste not, want not. I don't, yeah, you don't really do anything else with your son. How old did you think he was? I don't know, actually. Yeah, he's meant to be, what, mid-teens? Yes. 14, 15, 16-ish. But I don't know more than that. Actually, he's meant to be 19 in 1914, isn't he? Yeah, so I worked it out going backwards. So how old would that make him? 16. 16, okay. 16 is less scandalous, I guess, because when he goes out to hunt that bear on his own, and it all goes horribly wrong, so you have to rescue him from a bear, and he is all bruised and bloodied. And then after that mission, I don't know if it was a glitch or not, but he just seemed to stand there at the ranch smoking and looking bloodied for the next like two missions i did with uncle he was just literally just like standing outside still like really battered and bruised and just smoking a cigarette for like two in-game days basically well at least you looked out for him i just didn't even you just didn't even notice no you're like all right son your mission's over go off and be an npc Oh, I'm thinking other random things that happened to me. The penultimate mission for me was where I had to herd the cows to pasture with Uncle. That was weirdly hard. Did you find it really hard? The horses one, or the cows one. Oh, you know what, I don't even remember. They're just... I think it was the cows one. Breaking the horses was hard. Is that because you've just forgotten how to ride? I did it really easily. I don't know, I... Maybe the horses I chose were harder to... Did they just keep throwing you off? Or... Yes. Okay, I don't know. I just didn't find it that difficult. I found it quite unremarkable. I think the only comment I wrote was, breaking horses, meh. But the cow herding one I thought was much more interesting. Because, well, number one, when you saw the train robbers, did you try and stop the train robbers or did you just focus on the cows? Try and stop the train, train robbers. Did you not notice this? There's a bit in the mission where you're herding the cows to pasture and a train is coming past and a load of outlaws appear and try and rob the train and you get the option to try and stop them. I see what you mean. I ignored them. I ignored them too. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I've left that life behind. Yes. Good, 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 good. Okay, so we're both on the same page here. I mean, it's kind of bad because we don't know what happens if you try and stop the train robbers. But yeah, you know, these cows are my life now. Yes. That's right. That's right. And then afterwards, I was riding back to the ranch and I saw a boar and I was like, oh, 
I need a boar for Master Hunter. So I shot the boar. And as I was riding up to skin it, I heard a growl and boom, a cougar comes out, murders my horse. I managed to dead-eye the cougar, as you do. And then I skinned the boar, and then I skinned the cougar, and then I skinned my horse. And then... <laughs> and then I summon another horse, and just as I'm getting out on the horse, there's a growl, and another cougar jumps out and just kills this horse too, right next to the first one. <laughs> and I had to kill them both. And I had, basically, it was just like an action replay. I just had to do the whole thing again. Went and skilled the cougar, and I went and skinned the horse, and I summoned another horse. Luckily... This time, another cougar didn't jump out. But I thought it was pretty funny. I had two like back-to-back cougars and two dead horses on top of each other. You must have hit on a spawn point or something. Yeah, it must have been. It must have been. That's why I was thinking, is this going to happen again? Am I going to just have infinite cougars? Is there anything more to say before we talk about the last mission? I'm ready to talk about the last mission. Okay, so... The last mission... The last enemy that shall be destroyed. Starts off more father-son bonding with you and Jack. You're commenting that he's, what, good with woodworking tools? And he makes some comment about, is there anything you don't like shooting? Yep. This is before there's anything, anything... Well, this is like... Suspicious happening. A happy family scene... You can see that Jack has kind of warmed to you a bit. You know, you've you've made it clear to him, like, oh, I'm not going anywhere, son. I'm not going to abandon you again. And he's also gone from calling you sir to calling you pa. Because the first few missions with Jack, you know, he calls you sir. It's all very formal. Yeah. And now, you know, maybe things are a bit better. But in the background of the scene, you can see Uncle walking in with a rifle strapped to his back. And he calls you out side and he hands you a telescope he says take a look at this and then immediately you're like jack get inside lock the door don't let anyone in don't come outside no matter what you hear thus begins some huge onslaught of soldiers trying to kill you so basically they send the army after you yeah so you already knew about this i knew that these were the people who kill you at the end i didn't quite expect literally the army to come after you. I didn't expect you to literally single-handedly kill basically a battalion of soldiers or something. I didn't know what was happening. I really I would say I still don't know what really happened. You and Uncle hold off this onslaught of soldiers and then Uncle gets shot and Jack runs out and Jack's like they shot Uncle! Ah!" But he makes no comment of the fact that you've literally just killed like 30 people. They tried to shoot us first. Yeah, you know, it's fair game. Well, they actually, they really did this time. And then Jack is then helping you defend and he's shooting soldiers too. And then you have to hold the soldiers off as they're trying to kill Jack and Abigail. What, what do you do? You run over to the barn or to the stable? Well, you get the choice of either just running up to them and defending them close up, or you can actually climb up the grain silo where the ladder has finally been repaired. And you can snipe down from that. What did you do? I tried sniping, but I wasn't killing people fast enough and Jack got killed. So I had to redo it. And the next time I just stood next to them and was just much more accurate with my gunfire. So it was fine. Yeah, I mean, compared to some of the other missions, I don't think it's that hard. I mean, it's not that easy either, obviously, but you've got pretty powerful guns. So you can one shot most of the enemies 
It's not that difficult. Yeah, and then what? You eventually end up in the barn. After Abigail and Jack make their escape? Well, Abigail and Jack are in the barn with you. But yes, you put them on a horse and you tell them, just ride and don't look back. And you send them off. I mean, this is kind of some cinematic license here because they haven't really surrounded the barn. If you wanted to ride off too, you totally could have or you wanted to sneak away or something. But that's not your style. And also, character, plot-driven wise, this is the thing, you know, when they said, is it over? No, is it really over? And you say, oh, they're all dead. How much more over can it be? Well, there's one member of Dutch's gang that's still alive. You. So if it's not over till they're all dead you kind of know that they're never going to let you live. You can run away, but they're going to try and kill you again. Your family's never going to be safe until you're dead as well. And so that's why you go out to face the music, slash large number of bullets. That didn't occur to me. Did it not occur to you? Only, only just, only right now did that occur to me. Because you knew this is how it ended, right? But you didn't know that it was the army, or at least it was the people you'd previously been working for, Agent Ross and the agency, and by proxy, the army. I didn't know this. Yeah, because you thought it might have been, what, raised rebels? Yeah, or yeah, or the Mexican army, not raised rebels, but whoever's on the other side of raised... Oh, the Mexican army. Yeah. Okay, I, I can see that it does kind of make sense. That's what I thought. But the Mexican army killing a US citizen on US soil I mean that's kind of asking for trouble I thought I had a fair deal with Ross well it turns out he's a snake so let's talk about that last scene where you step out of the barn and there I don't know there's 30 I, I don't know how many there are but there's a lot there's a lot I mean it immediately goes into dead eye mode so you get a few seconds to try and what, paint as many of them as you can? I didn't even bother. I waited. You waited? I waited. You just meekly went to your death. You didn't try to take them with you. So you mark them. That's what you do. Well, you can. I mean, you don't have to. Did you? Yeah, I did. How many did you mark? Well, as many as I could. How many could you mark? I don't know. Six or something? I don't know. I think you're using a revolver, so I don't think you can actually mark that many. And then instantly everything snaps. Yeah, well, then you just start shooting and they just start shooting. And then, I mean, there's no way to change the outcome. How long did was this exchange? Yeah. Not very long. I mean, I don't think it really matters how many you mark because they're going to shoot you a lot as soon as it ends. Because I waited 15, 20 seconds. What? Really? Uh, I was like, I just looked slowly around, panning around to see what was before me. Because I knew they were going to shoot. Well, what, what's the... Could you see Agent Ross? Because I was wondering if you can shoot him, but I don't think you can. I'm pretty sure they deliberately make it impossible for you to shoot any of the important characters. I didn't draw my gun. You didn't even draw your gun? Don't think I did. Shocking. I wonder whether I got so bored I did draw my gun. But I thought the intention was for me just to face up to my killers. Well, I mean, it's an option. It's a valid option. It doesn't make any difference to the outcome. It's still brutal. It's still... It's really gory. They destroy your body. Yeah, they like... There's a lot of gunfire. There's a lot of bullets. I mentioned last time that when you're beating up DeSanta, it's pretty brutal. But this is really brutal. 
as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, the game's not holding back. And then afterwards, straight away... Well, you get a very short scene showing Agent Ross and some of his associates just looking on. And what's the expression on his face? I mean, it's kind of... It's not really remorseful. I mean, maybe slightly remorseful. Maybe feel some guilt for, like, gunning you down. Or maybe it's just relief that it's over. I don't know. You've put a lot of faith into the character animators. Maybe if I saw it in 4K, I'd be able to tell better. I'd have to buy it on Xbox One. No, I I don't know. After that, you immediately take control of Jack. And you are on the horse with your mother. And you ride back to the farm. And you can get off your horse and loot the bodies. Did you do that? I don't know, actually. You probably shouldn't have done. It's much more cinematic not to, but... I may not have done. But I was channeling my inner ting, and I I did. You just get some pistol ammo. It's kind of pointless. And, yes, you ride up to John's body, and then there's a final cutscene showing Abigail, obviously, weeping over John's body. And then it shows his grave, and then it pans out and starts raining and shows... Abigail's grave three years later and then bam you're back in control of Jack again but it's three years later it's raining for you oh maybe the rain was optional it was raining for me yeah I don't believe it was raining for me okay well either way it pans over the graves and you take control of Jack the rain made it very cinematic I don't know I've just had very cinematic rain maybe it's just been lucky for me so what does happen next well that's the thing you see because it's kind of like, well, that's it. It's over. That's that's the end end of the story. Now you're Jack. And you can carry on just finishing off Stranger Missions or whatever. But it's not really the end, because there's a secret. I just wonder how secret was the secret. There's no indication that it exists, is there? It comes up as a stranger. Well, it comes up as a stranger when you get nearby, but it's just a Stranger Mission. There's nothing to indicate that it's more important than your average Stranger Mission. I think it was a stranger even from a distance. Okay. I don't know. For me, I still had the prohibitionist on the map, so it just looked like another mission to me. Because I wouldn't have known where to go. I just went to the stranger because it was there. And I like doing stranger missions. Okay, so it was a coincidence that you did this. Yes. I had read a guide. Okay. Because, you know, I've got limited time. Not that limited. Well, I've got to, I'm putting it onto PUBG, let's be honest here. But yes, there's a strange mission called Remember My Family. And it starts you on the trail of revenge against Agent Ross. So as Jack, you can go to Blackwater and just strike up a conversation with an agent. And you ask, oh, where's Agent Ross? And you find out he retired a year ago. And he tells you... He moved to a cabin down by the lake with his wife. And then you go and meet his wife and you say, oh, I've got a letter to deliver to him. She's like, oh, it must be a very important letter. And then she's telling you he's off hunting with his brother and she's worried about his safety. He's like, oh, don't worry, mom. I'm sure he's going to be safe. And you're thinking, oh, he's really not going to be safe. And then, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you could shoot his wife too. I mean, I didn't. Why are you? How, how do you know this? Because I read a guide. What kind of guide is this? A very bloodthirsty one. 
and similar with his brother. I mean, you meet his brother and his brother says, oh, he's, he's hunting ducks further down the river. What happens if you kill his brother? Same thing as you kill his wife. He's none the wiser. Well, you just lose honour. You just lose honour. The thing is, like, both his wife and his brother are most definitely none the wiser. They're like, oh, what's this letter? It's like, oh, it's an important letter from the agency. And like, oh, okay, wow, I wish I'd leave him alone. But, you know, arguably... I mean, it's the same way with Marston. It's not over. When will it be over? Well, very soon, actually, I guess. Very, very soon. So you ride up to Agent Ross, and he is shooting ducks with a shotgun. I'd never even noticed there were ducks in this game until this moment. But how did you feel about knowing that it really was coming to an end after speaking to his brother, and you're making your way up to him? No sense of relief? Anger? Yeah, I mean, you can tell it's a big deal for Jack. It's a big deal for me, I felt. I felt it was a big deal for me. I don't know. I don't know how I felt about Agent Ross. I was kind of expecting Agent Ross to be more contrite. But you talk to Agent Ross and he has no remorse. That's what I was saying. In the cutscene after he's shot John, does he show some remorse? Does he show some regret? But when you talk to him as Jack three years later, I mean, this is the sort of thing, this is how people are. You know, you justify your actions or history is written by the victors or whatever you want to say. No matter how he might have felt at the time, after he's retired and been hailed as a hero for killing Dutch's gang, he's going to remember it and feel that he did the right thing. And when he talks to Jack, he says, your father killed himself with the life that he lived. You know, I'm innocent. You know, I did nothing wrong. You know, your father is to blame for his own death. You know, obviously you're not having any of that. But do you not not get the impression he's ready for the consequences? He knows it's kill or be killed. You know, he's not going to... Well, you know, he says, right away, boy, before I kill you too. But if you had ridden away, would he really have let you ride away? True. After this has happened. But I mean, you don't get that choice. I mean, once you start this cutscene, you have to have a duel. Uh, From a game mechanic point of view, I thought it was interesting that it gives you the duel tutorial again, just in case you've forgotten how to do it. I don't know if that's like a programming glitch or if they were genuinely thinking you might have forgotten how to do a duel. We better tell them again because it's important that they win this one. I think it wouldn't be so impactful if he lost this one and had to replay it. But when you do and finally closure. So this is the end end. It immediately snaps. The second you kill him, you do a 180. Yeah, you gun him down and you spin round and like snapshot, red sweep across the screen, red dead redemption picture of jack's face that's the end and i'd switch to the deadly assassin outfit so i looked completely badass i had like eye patch all black clothes did you earn that did i earn that yeah i earned it i earned it as john you really did do some extra stuff oh, i did this a long time ago i did this a long time back yeah how do you feel credits roll this is the end end well this is the real end of the story it's long but in a good way I did really like it. I liked it a lot more than I expected. Or I got drawn into it a lot more than I expected. Particularly the characters. I'm actually quite interested in playing Red Dead Redemption 2 now, particularly now that I know it's a prequel. Because it's really odd. Usually I don't like prequels. But there's so much left unsaid with the characters. You know, with Marston, with Abigail, with Esquela and Williamson and Dutch. It would be very interesting to play and find out what happened with them. Find out who the hell Uncle is. 
Oh, but do I want to know about all the pain that Abigail's been through and how well, maybe they could... Uh, actually, no. If they can make that relationship with Abigail, you know, if they can build that story out, that'd be quite interesting as well. Well, that's going to be the thing. Usually, I don't like prequels because you know how it ends and you're so constrained. They can't really change the story enough for it to be an interesting story. But I feel like in Red Dead Redemption, they have kind of done it just the right way like there's so much mystery in the backstory of these characters that they actually have quite a lot of wiggle room to make a compelling story the second time round. and in this game they've left just enough mystery to keep you interested to know that there was something there but you don't know what it was so the writing i thought was very good i mean it's it's a little bit ham-fisted at times but it does leave you wanting more the story writing or storytelling is very traditional there is a beginning middle and end and it's very satisfying there's definitely an arc to it. I, well, I actually really liked that there was an epilogue that, you know, you did get Farming Simulator for a little bit and got to have your happy ending, sort of. I wonder how they're going to build the world in the prequel, though. Because they have to use a different setting. You know what I mean, right? Or a different, like, landscape. Yes. different map. Yes. Well, they don't have to. I mean... It's like the GTA games have been set in the same cities. But, it, you know, it will be different. Because as much as, as it is just a sequel, a prequel, sorry, he needs to do something different. Because we have expectations. It's not like a movie. You have to do something different on another dimension. Yeah. Because well, it's a game, unfortunately. When's it out? Next year now. Interesting. Thinking what else to say. I mean, I'm thinking whether to talk more about, like, game mechanics and gameplay or more story stuff. I mean, on the story side, as usual, I bought the newspaper. Did you buy the newspaper? No. The newspaper was so good. I looked for the newspaper because I knew there would be some interesting bits to tie it up. Anyway, I read it on the internet in the end. Okay, well, I read it in the newspaper like a proper person. Again, it's more epilogue. I mean, it's giving you, you know, closure for a bunch of the characters' stories. I mean, the main one that I thought you would like is that it turns out Seth finally finds his treasure and he becomes fabulously wealthy. That's not the one I care about. That's not the one you care about? Okay. There's Marshall retires at the astonishing old age of 54. You don't even remember who he is. No. He's the guy who gave you missions right at the beginning of the game. I thought you wouldn't remember who he was. I actually made a note. He's the guy who gives you missions. He's the Marshal of Armadillo. Yeah, I just threw that one in there as a curveball. Raze becomes a tyrant. That's the one I want to hear. Yeah, that's the most... I mean, we kind of predicted it, but yeah, Raze becomes a tyrant. He's murdering his own people. He's building a massive palace for himself. You can kind of see it coming. What happens to our dear friend Irish? So, Marston's prediction is correct. He dies with his pants down in an outhouse. He accidentally shoots himself while on the toilet. Did you do the Stranger Mission, Who Am I to Judge? Yes, I did. And there's the guy, and he loves the horse. There's a little box in the corner, and it says, Jeb married his sweetheart, Lucy. Their families were not present. And I was like, that's the guy who loves the horse. Yes, it is. But, you know, who am I to judge? Nate Johns. Turns out he's a scandal and a liar, not a fine, upstanding fellow. Oh, yes. Landon Ricketts dies of old age, peacefully in his sleep. And... Harold McDougall is expelled from Yale after a drunken brawl. A drunken brawl, though. I mean, it's probably it's probably not just drunken. It's probably drug fueled. 
drug-fueled bender. They actually go into quite a lot of detail about exactly what he did. It was fairly ludicrous. It's nice that you can still ride around with Jack and see the world three years later. They haven't actually changed it that much, really, or at all, in the world map kind of sense. But it was a lot of effort to do this. There's a lot of craft in it. Because they had to record so much dialogue for Jack as well. Like, all the Stranger missions, I think you can you can do them as Jack if you haven't already done them as John. Or even if you start them as John, you can finish them as Jack. So, to give a concrete example... Last time you mentioned The Prohibitionist and you said you'd wait to talk about it until I'd done it. So now I've done it. So I started this one with John and how does it work? There's a guy standing outside a bar and he's espousing the evils of alcohol and calling for prohibition. Yes. And then you go across town and meet another guy who is saying, you know, oh, well, I run a chain of bars and this guy's bad for business. And he's the patsy of this other guy who's trying to enact prohibition just so he can sell personal gin stills and make a fortune. And so John is like, wow, I don't know which one of you is worse. You're all terrible people. So you have the option of either warning this guy who's standing outside the pub shouting. Is that Abner? Abner, yeah. You can warn him or you can kill him. Which did you do? I warned him. You warned him. And what were the consequences for warning him? The cost of of overnight stays at bars and also alcohol was doubled. I think just like literally house prices just double. It was actually quite a strict penalty, really. Though it's right near the end of the game, so you've probably bought most things by this point anyway. Everything's half price when you have full honour. True, right? true, true, true. So in the end, I guess it just cancels out. What did you do? Well... I'd been reading a guide, so I knew what would happen if I warned him. When did you start reading guides? And when was it okay? When was it okay? Yeah, it's true. When did I start reading guides? It's very odd. I'm sure you'd have judged me. For this playthrough, these last two sections, I've actually just been reading the IGN wiki. You just want to speed. Yeah, it's because I've been cramming my homework. Sorry. I'll, I'll do it better next time. It's because I've had like six hours to play on the weekend, but I just spent the whole six hours playing PUBG instead. <laughs> And I've had to fit this in during the week. But anyway, yes, I knew that if you warned him, it doubled the price of everything. But if you kill him, it halves the price of everything. And, you know, that's quite a good deal, really. But there's a cost to killing him, right? Well, you lose some honour, but there's a bandana for that. And the police will be after you. But... You can shoot him from a really, really, really long way away and then the police won't be after you. He'll have just randomly died of bullet-related heart failure. You're that accurate, are you? With a sniper rifle, yes. So I actually didn't do this as John because I'd kind of been role-playing, you know, I've left this life behind. I'm going to be a good guy. But Jack, on the other hand, wants life excitement. He's going to get vengeance for his father. He's going to be an outlaw. So, once I had control of Jack, on the way to pick up Remember My Family, I may have sniped him from out of town with a bandana on. You've decided his future. <laughs> well, I was going to get vengeance anyway. You know, once you're going to kill a guy, you may as well... Kill two. Kill two, that's right. Actually, funnily enough, I actually failed at this mission a couple of times because I wasn't quite sure how far out of town I had to stand to be able to shoot him and not have the police after me. So... 
one time I shot him and the police were after me and I was like, okay, right, got to run to the telegraph office and pay off my bounty. But when you go to the telegraph office and the police are after you, you can't pay off your bounty. You have to lose them first. And then they all just burst in. And I was just like, well, I guess I have to shoot you now. So I was just shooting police and my bounty was skyrocketing into the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And eventually I just got overwhelmed and died because I refused to run away. I was like, no, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm just going to kill all of you punks. But that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And the game reloaded. And then it was like, oh, okay. I'll be a bit more careful this time. Anyway, so yeah, I shot him. I got the half price discount. Did you make use of it? No. (laughs) It's the principle of the thing. Yeah. It was interesting going up and finishing the strange mission as Jack. Because he was like, oh, I took care of that guy for you. He was like, I don't know who you are, but thanks. So there you go. Did you do data lesson, son? I did not. I probably should have done. So after collecting all the... Feathers? And beaver fur and something else, which I forget. He test drives, test pilots, his flying machine. He just leaps to his doom. And he just crashes to the ground. (laughs) Is it poignant and sad or is it just comedy? It's comedy. It's comedy. (laughs) I thought it was really comedy. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this. I saw it coming a mile off. You walk up to the cliff edge and you just look down and you see the remnants of the flying machine and his body and, and you think, I can't even bother going to check you out. Like, go and loot your body. It's just so sad. Especially after all that effort of collecting the materials for him as well. So what you're saying is that I saved his life by not finishing this mission. Yes. Well, you've just delayed his death. So I'll kill Cat from Stranger Missions, you know. I may have killed this prohibitionist, but I haven't killed the flying machine man yet. Did you bother with the hideouts? I did the hideouts if I happened to be riding past. I didn't seek them out. I think I did do Twin Rocks, which is the one you want to talk about. Did you lose 200 honour for not saving the daughter? I think I did. Because <laughs> was just it was just unexpected. I just walked around the corner. I was like, huh, what? And I just wasn't ready. I think my dead eye meter had been exhausted because I'd just been dead eyeing everything. I, don't, that, I felt wronged. That wasn't part of the deal. Yeah, it's like, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, if you told me there was 200 honour at stake, I wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> I wouldn't have bothered. I would have tried harder. <laughs> okay. Gap tooth breach? Or... Yeah, I did that one as well. That was a weird one. You had to go into the mine. This is the one where there's a treasure hunter, right, or something. And he, he went to go in, but then bandits kidnapped his friend... And then you go in and rescue his friend. But then, did you notice this? His friend sits down on a box of dynamite and says, oh, don't worry, I'll catch up with you. And you walk around the corner and you hear an explosion. And when you walk back, his friend is not there and neither is the dynamite, as in his friend blew himself up with all the dynamite. I didn't. I you know. didn't notice this? No. Okay. I did come across one moment where there was really emergent, I say really emergent gameplay. Maybe I have very low expectations. So I had this lady run over and say, oh, my carriage had been ambushed or I need I need help so I run over and I can see the carriage and it's been overturned and there's a grizzly there and this grizzly is just running around this area just taking out everything and anything that comes across it so I I take it out but then after taking out the grizzly there were still bandits at the by the wagon who had taken sort of cover there from the grizzly and I thought this is very clever if only we could make a game like this (laughs) Did you come across anything like this? I don't, well, I mean, not quite the same situation, but yeah, I think I have encountered similar kind of situations in the game. The AI programming is all quite behavior driven, which causes this kind of emergent stuff to happen. As in, 
it's not like scripted do this it's very much like in these conditions try and do this like try and get cover from enemies or try and shoot enemies or prioritize this kind of enemy over that kind of enemy so that does cause these kind of interesting situations to happen yeah writing ai itself is an interesting interesting problem like the cutting edge of ai now is all the alpha go stuff and you know machine learning but i think in game terms i think a lot of it is still chunks of action that's tuned by humans you know not explicitly scripted like do this but a script to say well this is how you hide or this is how you shoot and then these are you know your different weights for actions and then based on those this is what i should be doing right now the example i always re- recall is the one with the emergency services in gta where they just keep trying to save someone who gets run over then someone else gets run over and then another ambulance comes and it's just an endless cycle of people trying to be saved but then the paramedics will start getting run over as well you can't save them all i think a lot of these systems probably are quite fragile but usually you know they get garbage collected like you know you ride out of the scene and it just tied itself up in the background because if you try to run this level of ai on a large scale the whole thing would just fall apart in total total anarchy and madness that's why games like dwarf fortress are quite interesting because they really are running this kind of emergent behavior ai all the time and there's no garbage collection there's no cleaning up and resetting the state you have all these dwarves and they just do what they think is right all the time and it works and weird stuff happens so maybe that will be the next step for this sort of game if they can make a simulation that's stable enough for that imagine the madness of dwarf fortress in a world as detailed as, you know, a GTA 5. I think I need to appreciate the madness of Dwarf Fortress first. To be fair, I've never really played Dwarf Fortress. I've tried. I did try and I just got really confused and I was thinking, "Wow, I don't have time to do a degree in Dwarf Fortress." Did you have coffee that day though? <laughs> I had coffee that day. Yeah, but seriously, you you need to probably put in as much effort as an undergraduate degree to be able to play Dwarf Fortress. That doesn't sound fun. But I think it's very rewarding once you've got it. I I find it more interesting to either watch tutorial videos on Dwarf Fortress where they explain just like one of the mechanics and be like, "Whoa." Or listen to people's stories of their thoughts. Because there have been quite some interesting write-ups where people will show you know, screenshots of things that have happened and explain stories of this is what happened to my fort. Like, this is the time elephants invaded or this is the time all my cats died in puddles of vomit due to a bug. Emergent behaviour-wise, I'm just going to tell some story that I heard in another podcast. Cats will try and clean their paws if they walk through, like, something. you know, cats will just lick themselves to clean themselves. And then they introduced an update where they introduced taverns and dwarves would be quaffing, you know, tankards of ale. But if a dwarf has to do something else, he would just like drop what he was doing and walk off and do it. So they'd be just dropping tankards of ale and there'd be puddles of ale on the floor. And cats would walk through these puddles and then try and lick themselves clean. But there was a bug in the like quantity of alcohol that they consumed. So instead of consuming just like a minuscule quantity of alcohol from licking, you know, the residue on their paws, the game thought they had just literally just quaffed a tankard of ale and the cats had very low alcohol tolerances and just like would just immediately vomit and then die of alcohol poisoning so an interesting story of like unintended emergent behavior in dwarf fortress and obviously they fixed it and now cats just get very slightly buzzed when they lick their paws but you know everything in dwarf fortress they try and 
put together lots and lots of systems and just hope that something comes out at the end. Well, they're not just hoping, obviously, they're tuning it quite a lot. Anyway, that was a random aside. How much of a legend are you by the end of Red Dead? What do you mean? In terms of being a master sharpshooter, oh, survivalist. I think you did Pleasure better than me. I actually just didn't do most of these in the end. Do you remember what you did? You shot a ball. So that already you're one ahead of me on something. Because I didn't do that. I think Master Hunter, I was ahead of you. But that must be the only one. Because Master Hunter is the one where you had to kill... Or maybe it's Master Survivalist. Oh, I don't know. I did... The last one I did was where you had to kill and skin wolves with melee. And then the other one I had to kill a bunch of coyotes without taking damage from them. But they were actually two different sets of challenges I didn't realise. But you had the ball. I had to kill a boar, but I had to kill some other things too, and I didn't have all of them. So I never got to the point where you had to kill cougars or kill bears. Okay. Or even kill the legendary animals. Actually, speaking of killing animals, did you kill any buffalo? No. No, I didn't either. Nastia says no. Yeah, exactly. They're precious. Yeah, I left them alone too. I did ride the train to kill some birds on a moving train. Did you bother with the train? I did not bother with the train. I don't think I actually got that high in sharpshooter. Or maybe that was the next rank of sharpshooter I had to do, and I just didn't bother. I don't think I paid the train fare, so I'm glad about that. What, because it was bad? No, because I don't like paying for things. Like, it's like paying for the paper. I don't like paying for <laughs> Did you ever have to pay off a witness to a crime? How do you do that? I did this several times. Several times I would, like, open a box and then someone would be like, oh my god, and then they get a little, like, eye icon flashing on them and you can run up to them and pay them off and they won't report you to the police. But you just open a box. Well, I was opening like a box inside a church and losing the donation. <laughs> I didn't realise that was what it was for. It was It was actually one of the things I had to do to get the Deadly Assassin outfit, I think. It said like, search this place. So I went there and looked in a box. Like a normal box or does it look like a donation box? No, it looked like a normal box, which is like a chest. I was seeing that all over the place though. Yeah, similar. And I also did it once in the tailor. And again, someone saw me through the window and they're like, oh my God. And they were like running to the police and I had to pay them off. Maybe I just didn't hear them. Don't know. Yeah, if you're playing with Sam down. But, like, I got $25 from the box and I had to pay them off $5, so I came out $20 ahead. So one more thing I noted down was the trophy percentages for finishing Remember My Family and The Last Enemy That Shall Be Destroyed. So it's 23.7% have completed the last main mission, but only 16.9% have finished... The Stranger Mission, which is Ross's death. That's the thing, it's kind of an Easter egg. That's what I'm saying. You know, it doesn't say, hey, there's one more mission here. And I think that makes it more special. I think that makes it better. It's like a secret. It's like it's there, but there's nothing to, in your face, say it's there. And I think it's great. I think this is what's missing from a lot of games these days. You know, they're trying to shovel the content in your face to make sure you see it. You know, it makes it way more surprising and way more memorable when you're like, wait, I can get revenge against Ross? One thing I did notice is that you don't do anything to Fordham, the other agent who accompanies you, but I got the impression that he is meant to be more sympathetic to Marston towards the end, and then apparently he's not actually present in the mission where they gun you down. Interesting. Yeah, though I didn't really personally check that. This was in the guide. All right, let's wrap this up. Some choice stats. 
Okay, are we going to do this like top trumps? How do you want to do it? It's not like that, though, is it? It's not a competition. Well, I think we should go through them one by one, though, because otherwise no one's going to remember what we had. I mean, like the headline stat, percentage completion of the game as a whole. I had 78.5. And I'm slightly behind on 78.2. So we both did a decent chunk of the game, but we didn't 100% it. Game time, mine was one day and four hours and seven minutes. So mine's 20 hours and 39 minutes. So you played about eight hours more than me. Yes. Not surprising, really. But in game time, I played 47 days, whereas you only played 40. Yeah, so does that mean you're sleeping a lot? Yeah, I think I slept a few times to just advance the clock. And I think that's mostly because I was in the wrong time to do missions sometimes. Like, I'd arrive and it would say, oh, you know, come back here between the hours of... And I was like, okay, fine. I would just go to a hotel and do a save. Not because you're fast travelling all over the place? Maybe that too, actually. I did do a lot of fast travelling. I thought we could have had interesting stats for the crimes committed, but no. Yeah, because I essentially committed no crimes other than, you know, the one you have to do for that mission right near the beginning of the game. Although, as I said, I actually committed quite a lot of crimes. I was just either never caught or I was really caught and had to relay my save game. So nothing in between. Nothing in between. I assaulted two officers of the law and that was it. Do you remember how you assaulted them? Ran them over. (laughs) Okay, the next one is my favourite stat. So how far did you travel by horse? 318 miles. So by contrast, I travelled about 160 miles by horse, but I also travelled 160 miles by foot. And it's like really perplexing. So did I actually just run round most of the game? I don't remember running. Our theory is that this must be the fast travel. Like, I think if you make a campsite and fast travel to somewhere without having immediately summoned your horse beforehand, the game must count that as you travelling there on foot. That makes sense. But it's still interesting that stats-wise, it appears I walked half the game. I captured the deaths from falling because of your numerous stories. I thought this could be an interesting figure. Of, of riding off a cliff. Yeah. It turns out only two deaths from falling and two deaths from falling on a horse, which is actually kind of in line with yours. So I fell to my doom what, three times and I fell to my doom once on a horse. Again, there's a really bizarre stat of mine, which is I apparently survived a fall of 325 feet on a horse. I mean, number one, I find it kind of odd that this gets a separate stat. But I just, I just don't understand. 300 feet is a long way. That's like 100 metres. That's a lot. How would you survive a 100 metre fall? I mean, the only thing I can think of is, did I actually just like ride off a cliff one time and slide down the cliff and it counted as a fall? It's still a long slide. Anyway, I don't really understand what's up with that stat, but, you know, the numbers don't lie. That's your superpower. We killed about the same number of people. Give or take a hundred people. You know, once you've killed over 900 people, a hundred people's not a big deal. Yeah, you killed 1,011. I killed 927. And how many of them were civilians? 30. I had 25. Oh, does that make me worse than you? (laughs) Depends what you're measuring. Evilness. Awesomeness. Then you are doing better. Cash (laughs) efficiency. Then you're doing better than me. And then 
one stat that kind of sums up our difference in playstyle. So objects hit with dead eye. 98 objects hit with dead eye. Okay, and then for me it's 708. So I really did use dead eye a lot more than you. You had 17,300 pounds of meat harvested. I thought that was a lot. Even I managed 11,000-ish. I mean, it is a lot. Did you sell any? No, I didn't sell any. So I'm just like, we're both carrying just like, what, half a ton of meat, basically, in our backpacks. Rotting meat at that. Rotting meat, yes. I'm disappointed. I killed 64 domesticated horses. And I only killed, what, 78? Barely more than you. Yeah. I think... And a more interesting stat would be how many times we accidentally killed our own horse. But isn't that what this stat is trying to say? No, I, I think this is when you've killed other people's horses too. Oh, yeah. That's true. I don't know. I, I think it's probably less than a dozen times. Still less than like a dozen times that I killed my own horse from it accidentally wandering in to the line of my dead eye. Or me jumping off my horse and, and using it as cover. <laughs> okay. We should sum up. I feel like we've kind of already summed up. I, I don't know. What else is there to say? Bring on RDR2. Yeah, bring on RDR2. It was good fun. It was a long playthrough. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Slow playthrough rather than, Slow playthrough. Rather than long playthrough. True. I do kind of feel like I should play it a bit more as Jack, but you know, let's be honest, I probably won't. Because ain't nobody got time for that. But yeah, I do like that they went to the effort to give you this three years later epilogue with Jack and give you some closure about all these characters. I tried to think about whether I would be surprised had I not known how it ended. I would have been surprised. I would have been really surprised. But sadly, I already knew about it. Yeah, I wonder if Ting would have just stopped at the last mission. Probably. Okay. So one last thing then. The next book club game... Your sleeping dogs. So we mentioned this before because it was the Steam sale and you had an opportunity to buy it at 80% off. The next book club game is Sleeping Dogs. I think we are both going to play just the regular edition. Neither of us has the definitive edition because we're both either cheapskates or refuse to buy it on principle. So that you're just calling me a cheapskate then? <laughs> well, you actually you want to play it on PS3, don't you? Yeah. That's the real reason. So, do we have a checkpoint? We do. Play up to and including the mission Payback. I should state that at this point, I know nothing about the game and I have just literally looked at a list of missions and counted out one third of the way through. So, goodness knows what this is going to be like and let's hope the missions are all of approximately equal length. It's fine, that's what I did. And it worked out so well. It worked out perfectly. Okay, Okay. so the next book club game is Sleeping Dogs and we will be playing up to and including the mission Payback for next time. This is the United Front Games based in Hong Kong, by the way, in case there's another Sleeping Dogs <laughs> This game. is a game about petting sleeping dogs. That'd be so nice. Yes, the open world. <laughs> We're just playing just back to back like open world kind of crime-ish games. Yes, set in Hong Kong. And I don't know, I think it'll be very interesting to play it. 
on the grounds that we're also in Hong Kong. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. On YouTube. Search for Lost Levels Club or link in the show notes. I wish I was funny. I wish I was funny and could say something here, but I can't. You're not going to ask what I'm grateful for? Yeah, what are you grateful for, Sir Michael? I'm grateful for winning at PUBG. Chicken dinners all round. I won again the other day. You can watch it on Twitch. Are you going to promote your clip? I'm going to promote my clip. (laughs) I'll put my clip in the show notes. You can be amused by my PUBG skills. Or lack thereof. I think it's an awesome clip. You've shown composure for the first time. <laughs> it's my finest moment. I didn't go, oh, gunfire. Yeah, and you were committed to killing him. It wasn't a case of maybe I'll kill him if I'm lucky this time, or I might be lucky. It was, you are dead. You seem so certain. Yeah, it was an unusually good moment of gameplay from me. Let's see if I can do it again. So Michael says bye. Bye-bye.